kick back and get raw with us. From the latest hip hop beats, basil, to social issues that cripple the black community, all from the perspective of a young, strong black woman. A strong black woman. And now your host, Rita. Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of According to RP on WJMS Media, powered by Black Ivy Media. It's your girl, Rita Peer, your host. And as always, I hope you guys are striving, thriving, and surviving in these streets. So happy Sunday, everyone. Happy New Week and happy official start to fall. September 21st marked autumnal equinox, which is what many of you woke people refer the beginning of fall to and the scientists and astrologists and all of you just out there. Um, but yes, we are now in fall, my favorite season. And I will tell you that fall came in with a bang. September 21st marked the first day of fall. September 22nd, winter was here. Literally, literally no exaggerations, at least in this New York City area. We went from 78 degrees on Thursday to waking up to 51 degrees, real feel of 48 on Friday. And I know this because I stepped out the house. I had a long sleeve light dress on because I'm like, oh, it, it seems like it could be a little chilly outside. But I'm thinking chilly as in like, you know, 67 degrees. I was not prepared for the winter that that met me on the uh, on the other side of my building. Right now, I should have known that something was up because when I woke up, I heard like this little sound, you know, like the rattling of a radiator. And lo and behold, the heat has been turned on in my building. I live in a co-op. There's old people here. They don't play around with winter. So I think even though officially I believe October 15th is the official day where the buildings start to put on the heat, I guess maybe in my building and some other buildings, they really look at the temperature as opposed to whatever, you know, the city mandate is. But either way, winter is here. Although I will not be shocked if summer came back next week. <laughs> we live in very finicky times. Like global warming is a real thing. And and I feel like at this point, especially when you live in New York City, people, you know, they make fun of us all the time. You know, we were, you know, you can walk out and see somebody in like literally short shorts, tank top, and then somebody else in a full like, you know, North Face coat. Right. So Either way, my advice to all of you is to just have all your seasons ready. You know what I mean? Go into your attic, your closet, your basement. Just pull out your winter clothes. Keep it. Keep a couple of sweaters on deck because at this point, we really don't know. I hope that it stays this way because I am a fall attire girl. I love my tights, my long sweaters, my Uggs, my boots, coats. Call it a day. You could really be cute, you know, with less <laughs> in the fall and winter season. But either way... Moving away from the weather. At this point, I feel like I should apply for weather weather jobs. Like, I feel like I am qualified because you don't really need to be qualified. It seems like at this point to be able to predict the weather, right? You just say it might be cold today, guys. Bring a bring a scarf, bring a sweater. I don't know. But either way, I'm moving away from the, from the weather. <laughs> this month, in the month of September, we are celebrating so many different things. However, we are highlighting self-care and self-improvement. So September is Self-Care Awareness Month and Self-Improvement Awareness Month. And here to assist us in, I guess, a better understanding of learning what self-care is, what self-improvement is, is the amazing Joy Britt, who is a licensed social worker, a licensed therapist. 
in the New York City and greater Georgia area. And so she's going to talk to us about what self-care is, what we can do to optimize our self-care, and then really with self-improvement, right? A lot of us are looking to improve both our personal and professional lives. But what does that look like, right? There's no real blueprint. You know, a lot of you will say, well, go online. But sometimes you can get overwhelmed with the amount of information that's online. So... We brought in an expert. We brought in an expert to talk about self-care and self-improvement. So you definitely want to keep it locked for that. But before we get into the meat of the show, we're going to go through a couple of our preliminaries only because we want to make sure we have enough time for our amazing guests. And I know how your attention spans are. (laughs) So we are not going to make this an hour and something episode today. So... We're actually going to talk about some of the womp womps of the week. We're not even, you know, we're not going to get into some of the others. We're going to go into straight into the womp womps of the week because there was a lot of womp womps happening this week. And the first womp womp, and some of you guys, you know, you may have differing opinions. And I expect that, right? Like, I don't expect you all to agree with me or to really understand where I'm coming from half the time. Because I'm Rita. And this show is called According to RP. (laughs) So... So a black USC student um, is receiving a lot of criticism, a lot of backlash for her creation of a majorette team at a predominantly white institution, a PWI. So the team is called the Cardinal Divas of SC. And the controversy is really that why is she creating a majorette team on a predominantly white campus when everybody knows that majorette and the whole majorette experience is part of the HBCU experience, right? Historically black colleges and universities. Now there are many who are in support of her because this is something that they find that is groundbreaking to be able to penetrate in a sense, these predominantly white institutions and really injecting our culture and injecting ourselves, creating space for not only, you know, the individual, but Many other, you know, young black women who are on that campus who also wanted to kind of find, you know, an activity or to create an experience for themselves. You know, there are many who were like, why didn't she just attend a black university, historically black university in college if she wanted to have this experience? But on the other hand, that argument is that, well, why does she need to go to a historically black college and university um, to be able to, you know, engage in certain experiences, right? We don't know why she went to USC. I mean, I haven't seen this in the interview. I don't know if anybody specifically asked her why she didn't go to a HBCU, but maybe she got a full ride to go to USC, right? Maybe there's a particular major program or professor that she's studying under who is only at USC. Maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe she just didn't want to go to a historically black college because maybe she's from, I don't know, Compton and she wanted to try something else. I don't know. We don't know. But the question is, does it matter? And it is a true question. It is a true question because I think that there is a line, but then some might say, why is there a line? Why is there a line? Why can't she create space for her and her fellow students on a predominantly white campus. Many will say that that's what some of the forefathers of the black fraternities and sororities did, right? They were on predominantly white institutions on on these campuses and they were excluded from being part of the fraternal orders on those campuses. And so they decided that they were going to create their own and they created these organizations on white campuses. And till this day, 
although we have, you know, all the HB, HBCUs have these fraternities and sororities, these fraternities and sororities exist heavily in some cases on predominantly white campuses. And so one individual from social media was like, if this if this young woman is getting the backlash for creating this space on a predominantly white campus, then we need to pull all of the um, fraternities and sororities, all the black fraternities and sororities off of these white campuses because we want to preserve it for historically black colleges and universities. Maybe some of you might get that correlation. Maybe some of you might not. I don't know. But I guess the question really is, is there a line and did she cross that line by creating space for her and her fellow her fellow dancers on this H, you know, this USC campus on this predominantly white campus? You know, I did see a lot of other comments that stated, you know, it's like you're damned if you do, if you're damned, if you don't. They tell us to create space where there's no space. But then when you do create space, they're like, well, why didn't you just go somewhere where space was already created? Right. So it's one of those things where it's kind of like and then there were comments of like, you know, cultural appropriation and now white people are going to appropriate. White people don't need us to actually bring the band to their yard for them to appropriate our stuff. They 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 have access to the same movies that we access. Right. Stomp the Yard is available for for everybody. Um Drumline is available for everybody. They could turn on the television set and watch that, you know, HBCU football game like everybody else. Hell, they could go and purchase a ticket. In fact, there are white people who are attending HBCUs, like not in droves, but there are. So there's so many, you know, and then I know why I actually personally know white people who have pledged black fraternities and sororities. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, is there a reason for us to be so mad at this woman who took the lead and took charge and said, you know what, I want to have this experience and I'm at an institution that doesn't have it and I'm going to create it. Are we afraid that they're going to like start taking the steps? I mean, I've seen white people mock fraternities and sororities and their step shows i've seen white people attempt to you know do the drum line like they don't it the fact that she brought it to the campus is not like oh wow now they're gonna steal it if, if they want to steal it they're gonna steal the culture like they've been doing regardless so for me i'm like isn't this a moment to just celebrate a first for this this school and and that uh, you know young black women were like we're not gonna we're not gonna deprive ourselves we're not gonna regret our college experience we're gonna create something and we're gonna make it amazing like shouldn't we celebrate that ingenuity that I don't know but it really is a question because I did not attend an HBCU and you know I understand that there are traditions and there are um, experiences that you know that should rest at the HBCU, but I feel like the HBCUs were created for a purpose, right? Black people were not allowed to attend college and universities and there were there was not a space for us. And so we created a space. Hence the historically black colleges and universities. And I think that they've done wonders for the community. Like I said, you know, although I, I would never trade my St. John's University experience for anyone. I, 
you know, I do also like I wish I could go to two colleges at one time. <laughs> you know, like I I wish I could still, you know, maybe take a class there or something, because I think that there is a richness there uh, and that there's a sense of of belonging and confidence that you gain at these organizations, at these schools, rather, because it's hard being black in America, even if you do come from, you know, neighborhoods that are predominantly black. But to be, you know, among black intellectuals, like there's there's something that I think it does for your confidence, your spirit as a black person that you might not necessarily get in other places. I think I was fortunate enough because I had such a great group of, you know, black individuals at St. John's that I did not feel like I was othered like at all. Um, and St. John's is also a pretty diverse school. Um, but either way, I, I wonder, I wonder, is it, you know, is what she did surmountable to like a crime against the culture? I really would like to know what your thoughts are on this one. So briefly, I'll go into, I guess, the next womp womp, which is the Nia Long situation. I'm not going to comment too long about it because at the end of the day, guys, I think the reason I want to talk about it briefly is to just say this. Nia Long is beautiful. She is a beautiful black woman. She's a talented black woman. She is an accomplished black woman. She is not the first beautiful, talented, accomplished black woman to be cheated on by a black man. But to be cheated on by a man, period, right? I think that, you know, there is this big fascination with this Nia Long situation. And I, my heart goes out to her, but I don't know the behind the scenes. I don't know what's really going on over here. Um, What I will say is because I've been seeing a lot of comments like, man, like we all need to just give hope. We being the black women community, we just need to give up hope because if a woman like Nia Long can be cheated on, like what hope is there for us? What I have learned in my life through personal uh, experience and through observation, because I'm a person who lives, you know, and and observes, right? I, I incorporate my observations into my lived experience. Men are going to cheat on you, regardless of how beautiful you are, regardless of how good you can cook, regardless of how good you are in bed, regardless of how charismatic your personality is. If they are going to cheat on you, they are going to cheat on you regardless of what you look like. So although I am sad to an extent for Nia Long, because, and I say to an extent because I do not know the behind the scenes. I am not in their in their relationship. I don't know what's really going on. I'm not saying she has any blame, but we don't know. We are not we are not friends of Nia Long. Like we really don't know. But what I will say is that we need to stop allowing, I think, the celebrity experience to dictate how we move in our everyday lives. Is it sad? Is it a tragedy that a woman as beautiful and as talented as Nia Long is to have been cheated on by this man? Yes, it is. It is an abomination, saith the Lord. However... At the end of the day, I am not going to or I'm going to try my best because I'm human. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm fallible. Um, I am not going to allow the Nia Long experience to then color my perspective on relationships, period. I already know that dating is trash. I already know that 
there could be a very good chance that even if I get married to an individual, this this person may step out at some point on my marriage, right? I am not saying I am going to accept that. I am not there yet. I don't know what I'm going to do. Most people, you know, we say all these things and then when we're in the situation, we do something totally different. But what I will say is that it's crazy to me that a woman like her was cheated on. But what is a woman like her? No woman should be cheated on, right? Regardless of how beautiful and how talented and how smart and how amazing you are, no woman should be cheated on by any man. So that is, I guess, my PSA to you all is that these are celebrity relationships. We don't know what the hell is going on behind closed doors. I do not condone cheating in any way, shape or form. I don't think anybody, regardless of how beautiful you are, should be cheated on. But at the end of the day, we should not, you know, this should not, consume our lives. Um, This should not dictate how we move forward. If you want a relationship, if you want to be dating, if you want to be married, Nia Long being cheated on should not deter you from your goals and your dreams. Just be vigilant. I think we just need to be vigilant. We are not vigilant. We do not look at red flags. Nia Long has been engaged for seven years, guys. To me, there's a little red flag there. On both ends, right? There's a little red flag there on both ends. But we need to be vigilant. We need to keep our eyes open. We need to be more in tune with our gut, right? We need to be more in tune with our instincts. If our spidey senses says, nah, we need to move and exit stage left, stage right, stage up, stage down, whatever stage gets us out the building. That's what we need to do. Uh, We need to be more vigilant. And so with that being said... (laughs) With that being said, um, we are going to move on to the meat of the show where we're going to talk about self-care and self-improvement. And I think all of this ties into it, right? All of this ties into it. The womp womps, they tie into the whole self-care and self-improvement message. So it's a perfect segue, a perfect segue to love yourself. Love yourself. Do what feels good to you, do what feels right for you and do what's in the best interest of you, whether it's creating this majorette team because it was an accomplishment that you are so proud of. Don't let anybody take away from your accomplishments, from your goals, whether they agree or not, or with Leah Long, who unfortunately has been cheated on by this man, you know, I don't know how she's taking it personally, but hopefully, you know, she is engaging in self-care and self-love and self-acceptance where it's kind of like, I know my worth. I'm moving on to the next. So either way, it is now time for the meat of the show. All right, everyone, I'm here with my very special guest, Joy Britt. Joy, please say hello. Hello, everyone. (laughs) So, Joy, thank you so much for taking the time to be a part of this platform. You've been a part of Frida's World, but Mm -hmm. this is your first time as an According to RP guest, so welcome. (laughs) Thank you, and thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So, Joy, please let the people know a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Okay, so my name is Joy Britt. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I am from the Bronx, New York, but 
and now reside in Georgia, like Atlanta adjacent. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I am the owner of a private practice called Life Intentionally Psychotherapy Services. And I also am the host of the Joy of Social Work podcast. Yay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So as you already know, but many people probably don't know, this month is self-care and self-improvement month. Okay. So I think, you know, people have been trying to engage in self-care practices from the beginning of time, but I feel like the pandemic has really, mm-hmm. really, you know, put the pressure on most to really figure out what self-care is for them. Absolutely. It definitely put a, def- a big highlight that wasn't there before. Right, right. And so, you know, as somebody who's also, you know, trying to figure out how to I guess, take better care of myself and figure Mm -hmm. out what self-care means to me. I guess, generally, what would you consider self-care? Because I think there's a lot of, you know, misconceptions of what self-care is. Right. There is, there's so many misconceptions and self-care is so layered. Like Mm -hmm. self-care can be as simple as like eating a meal that you love, but self-care can also be something a little more difficult, like, or maybe not even difficult, just that requires a little bit more timing and work, like going to therapy or even going to the doc, like the, the doctor for your physical health. Right. Um, but it's anything like the basic definition is like anything that you're doing for you. Right. Right. Um, and again, it can go to from little things to like how to set boundaries, how to communicate. And everything in between. I like that because I think that, you know, television, I don't know, you know, Instagram especially Mm -hmm. is like kind of forcing down our throats what I guess they believe self-care is. So a lot of people believe that self-care is rooted in luxury. Yes. (laughs) So I got to take that trip. Yes. Yes. Instagram will have you thinking if you're not going on vacation every month, you are not participating in self-care. And that's not true. For those people that might be self-care, but self-care can be free. Self-care can be really inexpensive. It doesn't have to be, okay, now I'm going to spend some thousands of dollars to go away because this is self-care. For some people, that's actually more stressful and can cause you to feel worse. Right. That might not be the thing for you. It's going to be like, Things that cost a lot of money, if that's not the space that you're in, it can be very hard to to think about, to even plan a trip. Right. And, you know, you had said something a little earlier, like self-care is what you do for you. And I think that that piece is lost on many because sometimes people engage in self-care acts that are really for others. Right. Like for their children, for their husbands or their, their partners and whatnot. And so I guess, you know, as a psychotherapist, Mm -hmm. um, how do you address individuals who have issues in a sense, like figuring out self-care for themselves? Because I think a lot of people really Mm -hmm. do attach self-care. Like, well, if I clean the house for everyone, like that's self-care. Right. You know, if I do the laundry, that's self-care. I'm like, that's a chore. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I do. I have a really good friend who's like cleaning makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess in those kind of cases, when you're detaching the 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 reason for doing it for like my family is going to be happy versus like I, I the 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 act of cleaning is calming and soothing and comforting to me. That's a different thing than like, well, my home is clean. So my family is happy. So like now I feel happy. Right. Right. Um. So yeah, so for so for folks to figure out what is self-care for them, 
I like to think, well, what do you like? What do you like to do? Mm -hmm. Um, How do you like to spend your time? And it could be those things, like those things that fill your cup and make you feel good can be self-care. But again, it could also be things that you're not doing that you you could implement to help you feel better, like therapy, like exercising, like reading, um, breathing, because some of us... I mean, we obviously are breathing because we're living, but not intentional breathing. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you just need to take a pause and breathe. Sometimes you just need to like sit in the car before you walk in the house. Or again, it could be something a little more complicated, like setting boundaries, telling people no. If you're somebody who always is doing something for other people, setting a boundary is self-care because you're taking care of yourself. You're thinking about yourself. It's not that you're not thinking about other people and you're being selfish in a negative way. It's more of like, what do I need in this moment? Because if I come and I help you, am I inconveniencing or hurting myself in some way by doing it? Right. And I like that because, you know, we hear that concept, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we're always pouring, 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 it's like, if we don't engage in that self-care for ourselves, at some point we'll be so depleted. Like there's Mm -hmm. nothing that's going to be able to come from us to help, you know, the people that are looking for our assistance. Absolutely. Cause you, you, it's, it's so cliche, but it's so true. Yeah. There is nothing else to give. So you have to fill up your own cup. It's like on the airplane when they're like, you have to put your oxygen mask on. Right. Because if you can't (laughs) breathe and you're drowning and you're not doing well, how are you helping other people? Right. And are you and, and even if you can get to do it, are you doing the best that you could do? Right. Right. Yeah, I I definitely wanted to kind of highlight the self-care moment because I know that there's like a movement going on where everybody's like, oh, self-care, self-care. Mm-hmm. But um, but it it was, I think maybe a couple of weeks ago, you know, my friend was asking me, mm-hmm. what are you doing for self-care? I, I love I'm when friends ask job. those questions. <laughs> I, I have I a good it. group of friends. I can yes. say this. I have a good group of friends, but because they they observe, you know me, right? They see mm-hmm. what I'm doing all the time. They're like, you work, we're in these group chats, and they're like, what are you doing for you? What are you mm-hmm. doing for self care? And I would routinely respond like, well, I, you know, I'm gonna get my nails done. They're mm-hmm. like, is that actually self care for you? Like, mm-hmm. or is that maintenance? <laughs> Right, right, right. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Right. So yeah, so I had to think about it. And I I think that a lot of us are kind of caught into this, like, well, I'm getting my my hair done, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm getting my eyebrows done, Mm -hmm. and that's self-care, but that's really just maintenance. You're trying, you know. (laughs) And it might make you feel good. It may it might be um calming and comforting Mm -hmm. in the moment, but like. Did it really change anything? Right. Was it a woosah moment? Was it right? Right. Do you? I mean, you might feel better because you might feel like, oh, I look better, or like, oh, now my nails are done. But is it having the the effect and the impact that maybe something like a nap? Could right. Have? <laughs> <laughs> like an intentional nap of like, I'm tired and I'm now refilling my cup because right. I don't have any energy. The nap is going to rejuvenate me. Now I can show up better right. for myself and everyone else. Yeah, your nails might be done and you might be able to like show up in a different way, but is it is it really right. the same? Yeah. Right, right. You know, you can stunt a little bit, but sometimes right. there's like pressure in the stunting, right? right. <laughs> and again, it, it goes back to that, that that financial piece is like for, for everybody, now it's like, oh, okay, where does this money come from? Where does this time to even sit and do it come from self-care doesn't have to be an hour long process. It could be five minutes. Right. Right. 
I was recently I got into uh sound bath sounds. Mm-hmm. Um because you know I'm trying to figure out how can I decompress properly before bedtime so I can stay asleep. <laughs> and so I found, you know, I, I heard about the sound bath thing maybe recently, but I'm like, I don't like you said the time thing, right? I don't have the time to go find a wellness center mm-hmm. to sit. And have somebody play sounds in the background. Right. So I found that I found, you know, on Apple Music and I'm sure whatever other platforms people use for music, right. I found sound bath sound. So a few minutes that. a night, five minutes, 10 minutes, I lay down completely dark. I have my little eye mask on from mm-hmm. Amazon mm-hmm. and that's it. So I, so I'm starting to appreciate different forms of yes. I love that. And you sleep differently and better. And I'm sleeping differently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was just like, whoa, how come I haven't been doing this from before? Right. Right. So then the thing is, we don't know. Right. Right. So what are some practices that you have incorporated for your your Mm self-care? I like this accountability. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, So... I, I'm one of those people that's like a bath to me is very calming because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a two hour process. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> sometimes it's like midnight when I'm getting out, but for me, it, it helps to almost like wash away the stress in, in some ways. Mm-hmm. So it's super relaxing. Um, and it's me time. I might have my phone, but I'm really just like connected with myself. So that time can look like meditating or praying or like journaling. So it's like this, this, this intentional time of pouring into myself because the work that I do can be difficult and you're carrying a lot of people's things. So for me, it's a way to like put that down. Um, I was in therapy, but when I moved, I had to, um, discontinue services with my therapist. So that is something that I plan on getting back to because that was very helpful for me Mm -hmm. because it's a space again, because of the work I do that I am able to like process my own feelings. Um, And the thing that I'm actually going to start in a few days is actually checking in daily with myself of how I'm feeling, because I think we just go through life. I mean, kind of like with the self-care thing, we just go, we're just doing and I don't, and I did it earlier this year and I was very intentional about like, how do I feel today? And giving myself a different perspective of the day. If I'm not feeling great, what do, what am I going to do to feel better? You know, just not going through the motions because life gets so busy that we just go, we're just yeah. doing our routine. We're going to work. We're taking care of our families. We're taking care of ourselves. And sometimes you just need to, that, again, that pause to say like, what do I need today? How am I really mm-hmm. feeling? Am I okay? Right. Before it gets too late and then you, people get sick. People like don't start feeling well in other areas of their bodies, you know? I love that. I love that checking in thing. And I think I'm going to incorporate that into my, my daily practices. Cause mm-hmm. I think it's so important. You know, it's great to have a group of friends to check in on mm-hmm. you. Right. But mm-hmm. like you said, people get busy, you know, they're not, you know, I mean, I have, I have friends that do check in, but like every hour on the hour, like every day, right, right. not exactly. possible. Right. But right. I like that because, you know, one thing I can agree with you is that if you don't check yourself you are definitely mm-hmm. gonna like you know it's cliche if you don't check yourself you're gonna wreck yourself you know but it's so I'm true dating myself here but whatever <laughs> but i'm like what's funny because when as you're saying it i'm like i know this <laughs> we're 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 of a different generation now yes. a, a, the, one of the best generations. the best yes 
right? Um, but we have a lot of good sayings, and you know, we they can. might sound corny, but it's true because mm-hmm. you know, as I'm going through, I think one of the things that really drove me into figuring out wellness for myself and mm-hmm. self-care and trying all these like alternative medicines is because um the way like I process stress is not the same way that everybody else does. I'm an internalist. Mm-hmm. Mm, like okay. I, I'm the friend that you probably have never seen angry before, but I'm always uh-huh. annoyed. I'm annoyed, uh-huh, uh-huh. but never like 100. Yeah, because it's a lot for me to get to get there, and it's had some serious impacts on my health, like chronic mm-hmm. illness. And I'm I'm very certain at this point, like the last situation that took place, that's like now like a, a permanent like uh, ailment of mine, mm-hmm. is due to a, a highly stressful situation. Yeah, that I did not decompress from. Mm-hmm. So the, you have yeah. to release the things. Yeah. However, you do it, like whether again, whether it's talking about it, writing it out, keeping stuff bottled in. At some point, it's going to find its way out, and sometimes it's not in the best situation. Right. Right. Yeah. So I am. So I like that checking in with yourself and asking mm-hmm. your yourself, you know, looking in the mirror even. Yeah. What is is happening? (laughs) Girl, are you okay today? (laughs) You know, because it's like, if you're like, I haven't been sleeping. Well, what, why am I not sleeping? What am I, am I just gonna not, am I, oh, let me take a melatonin and and then go to sleep tonight. And then you're not even trying to come up with the root of what's going on. Right. I think a lot of us are so used to just like doing the quick fix. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have friends who, you know, they take a glass of wine at night. Why? Mm-hmm. Because it helps me sleep. Right. But they're right. not asking the questions. It's right. Why am I, Why not, am sleeping? I not sleeping? <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Exactly. And, but even also another thing for me for self-care that's huge is like having community and having people that, if I need to talk about something and, mm-hmm. and if I want to, or we just kind of like making jokes, sometimes right. like laughing yes. is a huge deal. <laughs> conversations that are just, I don't know if they're gifs or gifts, but conversations that mm-hmm. are just those yes. are sometimes so hilarious and like can lighten up the day and lighten up your mood and make you just feel good. Right. I will say that, you know, Self-care for me also involves Instagram. Mm-hmm. Instagram is a very big part of my daily self-care. Mm-hmm. I'm not like I'm scrolling to laugh. I am looking yes. for the memes. I'm looking for the ratchetry. Like, yes, it is part of my self-care because you're, like, yes. you're always on your phone. Yes, because I'm self-caring. <laughs> yes, yes. I love reality TV because it's such a break from what is actually happening in exactly. life. Exactly. And so for me, that is like, this is ridiculous and funny. Yeah. Like outlandish, but you know. <laughs> so along the lines of self-care, there's like self-improvement, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I think they both kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but this month is also self-improvement month, mm-hmm. which you know, I don't know when they started coming out with all these months, but right. <laughs> Everything has a day. Everything has a day. Uh So, you know, as being a psychotherapist, again, like I I find that these conversations must be constant, right? How one Mm -hmm. can self-improve, like what can, what can individuals engage in to improve themselves? So Mm -hmm. if you could maybe talk a little bit about like what exactly like self-improvement is, because I think we all again have different ideas of what that means. Right, right. So self-improvement is really just like 
an internal check-in on like, what are the things that I want to be better in my life? How do I want to feel? How do I want my life to feel, the world to feel around me? And how am I able to show up um, is what how I would define self-improvement. Okay. Um, and then thinking about that also, is it because you want it and you feel like it's a need or has someone told you like, these are things you should work on? And either is fine, but I think sometimes it's, who is the person that's telling me these are the things that I need to work on and why are they saying them? Right. And I think it goes back to like the check-in thing that you do with yourself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of us, our, our desire to self-improve is not because of self. Like mm-hmm. you said, it's because we want to make our parents proud right. or our spouse or our partner proud, our right. children proud. Mm-hmm. And I find that very often we engage in activities that we actually want to engage in. Right. Yep. Right. You're right. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I guess, you know, so individuals who are looking to actually improve themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you kind of went into like, oh, what, do, what is it that I need? But mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, when we're thinking about it in the general sense, and when we think about what are some typical things people would do to improve them themselves, mm-hmm. like, is it like, if we could talk about maybe the, the, uh, personal, we're talking about personal development, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what are some things if somebody's like, I just want to just develop myself like personally, like, you know, I want to be a, somebody who's more consistent. I want to yeah. be somebody who's happier. Like what are some things that they can do if mm-hmm. they have no idea how to embark on this self-improvement journey for personal development? Right. I, I mean, I, as a, as a psychotherapist, I usually recommend therapy um, because it is a place where you can get to process and unpack all of the reasons why you're not that person, why you want to be, and then give you the tools and the steps to help you get to that. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people also do coaching programs, which gets a little, it's less of like the, the mental health of like the why, but more of like, okay, well, it seems like we could put these things in place, create schedules or some kind of routines and rituals mm-hmm. for folks' lives um, to help them get there. So those are like big things that you can do that have involves another person kind of helping and guiding you. Right. Um, there's also like so many influential people on social media or like YouTube. And so you can get a little bit more about their story, but then it's also then like doing the work for yourself. So does it look like writing things down and creating plans? Does it look like um, coming up with a schedule for yourself so that you can be consistent and follow things? Because you know, at Tuesday at three o'clock, I have to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so it could be a lot of on your own stuff. It could be something that you get the help and assistance of somebody with. Create some kind of like community where you all are kind of working on a similar um, personal development skill. Right. I like that. I know that a lot of times people are a little iffy when it comes to like therapy. Because mm-hmm. I think some people aren't ready to like face themselves, right? Right. Right. Wanna, you, you know, 
<laughs> You're like, I'm coming because I want to be like more organized and I want to have a healthier life. And then it's like, why are we talking about my mom? Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, it's crazy because my first time ever seeing a therapist was mm-hmm. at St. John's. Okay. Yeah, my house had like burnt down right before I went to college. And I guess I was okay. traumatized and didn't realize it. So mm-hmm. the RA was like, I think you need to see someone. Because <laughs> I don't know what was happening. So I remember going to uh, the, I guess, what, the clinical therapy set, whatever. Yeah. And I'm thinking we're going to talk about, like, you know, how do I, like, snap out of whatever it is that had me here? Uh And the first thing they started talking about was family and my mom came up. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I never went back to this lady (laughs) ever again. (laughs) I was like... We are done. You got, you got to ease into it, people. <laughs> you can't be coming with the mamas in no, the that, first session. No, no, no. You lose a lot of folks that way. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, but thank God, you know, over the years I came to, you know, realize that it's more than my mother. You know, right, right. Not just about my mom. It's not. <laughs> yeah. But I think a lot of people are, are a little terrified. And then I think when it comes to like life coaching, sometimes people don't know the difference between mm-hmm. life coaches and therapists. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, I too would like recommend as somebody who's been in therapy for a good portion of my life at this point, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I find that, you know, it's, if, if we're, if you're truly trying to get to the, why do I do this? How can I break out of these right. things to do better? Like, you know, therapy, I think, is definitely, mm-hmm. like, the best way. Because you have a third-party neutral, right? Yeah. It's yeah. not your friend. It's not somebody's <laughs> going to judge you. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And right. it's a it's a space and a time that's for you. Right. Right. Where somebody is also, you and that person are also able to track your progress. Mm-hmm. Um, or talk about setbacks and how they came up. And somebody that's a cheerleader for you and... Mm-hmm. Who wants to see you win? Right. And again, not that your friends and family don't, but it's different. It's it's definitely different. And you guys went to school for this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's a whole psychology behind it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So yeah, I, you know, usually when I start um my first time meeting a client, part of our conversation is like, well, what do you want to get out of this? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, you know, I want to feel less anxious. Okay. And sometimes it's like, I just really want to be happy. And I don't know. And I'm not there. Right. And so it's like, okay, well, what are the things that you aren't happy about? And then what are the things we can like implement and try so that you do feel better? Yeah. And sometimes you need that because we don't have all the answers. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the internet, you know, you have to kind of have a start, right? Before, yeah. Before you search. And Instagram, great tool. I love it in a lot of ways. In other ways, sometimes it's really hard for people because you then start to compare your life. And right. you're like, well, why am, why don't I have these things? Why does this person, this person is younger than me. This person and I are the same age. Oh my God, we went to school together. Look what mm-hmm. they're doing. And so sometimes it's instead of like, spending so much time doing that it's like okay well what can i do so i can get you like use it as inspiration almost what can i do to get there right. or is that even the thing that i want exactly right exactly because it could have been something that somebody else said that they wanted mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. so i like i like that i like that i like the the therapy idea and the coaching i've also had like a coach before too mm-hmm. so it's, to- it's it's different like you said it is different it's yeah. much different you know it kind of helps you stay on track set deadlines mm-hmm. set goals so sometimes you need that accountability person when it comes right. to meeting goals. So I like that. Right. Um, and the community piece, I think, is also really great because mm-hmm. I have friends as well. I have different chat groups for different things. 
but they keep us accountable to ourselves. Like, Hey Rita, I remember you said you wanted to, you know, develop this skill. Like, have you started yet? Like, Mm -hmm. what are you doing? Mm -hmm. So I think having a tribe, as I like to call it, like, and it doesn't have to be, you know, 20 people deep. It could be like two people. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It can. Yes. And and I love that. I love that about like my, my really good friends. I feel like now we're at this space where our group chats. Yeah. Sometimes they're memes and like joking. And Mm -hmm. obviously, cause you know, life is, you got to laugh at things. Yes. Um, but it's also like, well, you said you wanted to work on this thing. How's that going? Mm-hmm. I told my friends the other day, I was like, I went to the doctor. I didn't like the number on the scale. Yesterday, somebody said, well, what did you eat today? Okay. okay. Thank you for holding me accountable. <laughs> said, I'm currently eating a salad. But you know, that is something I said I need to improve. Because if somebody tells me, you need to lose weight, that usually is a deterrent for me. Right. But for me, it's like, oh, this is a thing that I really want to do and I need to do. What are the changes I'm going to make? And I could tell my friends about it because I know that they support me and they will hold me accountable. Not in that annoying, like, please stop asking me. Wait. Mm-hmm. I mean, or, or if they do, then I could also say, can you stop asking me? Um, but, you know, community, yeah. I think is huge. It's, yeah, it's definitely huge. I think in the account, in terms of the accountability of mm-hmm. it all. Now I know like sometimes people are like, well, personally I'm good, but professionally, you know, mm-hmm. I want to develop professionally. And I still mm-hmm. think that it ties into set, like, you know, it does. personal <laughs> because it's like, what's driving you to want to like achieve these professional ranks, right? It right. has to be some desire. Either you feel like you're not doing enough or mm-hmm. whatever it is, but you know, I'm an amateur psychologist. No, but you're right. But <laughs> Yeah, because that I'm not doing enough is definitely rooted in something else. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your boss telling you you're not doing enough. That comes from something else. Right, right. So I think that it has a lot to do with that. But like professional development, I think sometimes people get, you know, uh, lost in the sauce as well, too. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, have you come across, you know, in speaking with your clients, I'm sure this mm-hmm. comes up as well, too, in terms of like, you know, where can people begin in a sense if they're like, I really want to develop, you know, my professional, you know, life, like what are some things or where are some places they can go to kind of get, I don't want to say resources, but kind of get a jump start on that. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously therapy and life coaching, I think are also are great tools for that, but even like networking with folks, what are are the people that are doing the thing that you want to do? And are you able to connect with them in some kind of way, whether it's like, reaching out and, you know, asking questions or making like a connection, like an in-person connection where you're maybe like getting coffee or something with them? Or is it like they're speaking at something and you go attend that to like get that information kind of like hands-on right interactions and stuff, but find the people, find the I think we're. The, I, I know that the pandemic has made us like so much more disconnected. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, just like asking someone a question can go a long way. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think that I I definitely think the pandemic has hindered us a bit because some of us just don't want to see people. Period. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> is this so networking true. event going to be on Zoom? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Some people are like, I'm really okay with never leaving my house. Right. Like, I don't want to yeah. see nobody. I don't want to catch COVID and monkeypox. Like, <laughs> right. It's not enticing to leave all the time either. No. Yes. 
But yeah, like, are there people who you can reach out to or who you can, you know, listen? Again, it's like you can get receive information, but Mm -hmm. you still have to do something with it. Right. It's just this is your life. You are your longest relationship. You are with you from birth to death. What are you doing to play like this? I like to tell my characters, I'm like, you have to take an active role and be the main character in your own life. What are you doing? You this is yours. You cannot right. let other people people can like, you know, tell you their opinions and have feelings and thoughts about your life, but this is your stuff. Right. How do you want to wake up every day and feel? And I think that, you know, in talking about all of this, the self-care, self-improvement in terms of personal and professional, it still comes down in my opinion to like mental health, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It, I think it all comes back to mental health because I feel like if you're not engaging in self-care and getting your your mind right and mm-hmm. your mind to a place where you're like decompressed, not walking on on eggshells or mm-hmm. walking on fire, mm-hmm. um, you know, you won't have like that energy to then want to improve yourself, right? Right, right, right. And then, you know, and then if you don't have the energy to improve yourself, you're going to always be on the, how come it's not me? Mm-hmm. I suck. I this. So it's like the cyclical mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Yes. I'm not. Yeah, totally. You will never feel like you're not enough if you're not. If you don't even think you can have the things. Right. Or you don't try to do anything to get the things. A lot of the things we want are not unrealistic. You just have to put some work into it. Yeah. And I think people get so like stuck on, well, they have it, not on. Mm-hmm. I've never had that. Okay. Right. Well, how can you get it? And if you can't get that, what else can you get? I think as we're talking about like community, I think one thing that would be very helpful in all of this, or one thing that comes to mind is if people were authentic with their Mm -hmm. journeys. And again, it's, you know, it's, it's not to say that I guess we have to like do for others, but if we have this idea where it's like, we're our brothers and sisters keepers and we're Mm -hmm. all a collective and a community, Mm -hmm. again, my mental health shouldn't be relying on whether or not, you know, Joy wants to share her story (laughs) on that. But I think that if we're thinking about the collective experience, that would be helpful, right? Because unfortunately we all, because of our upbringings, community environment, our mental health are all over the place. The way Mm -hmm. we cope is all over the place. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we almost have a responsibility to each other. Like if I'm going to post on the gram about my successes, like why not also maybe show people like it wasn't easy so that maybe Mm -hmm. that that person cannot see that goal as being unattainable. Right, right. Yeah. I think telling your story is so important and people can learn so much and also know like oh okay you didn't we weren't just born with this and some people were and that's right. fine but like some people also just need like how did you do it please help mm-hmm. me because I want it <laughs> right I think it's so important because you know September is also September is a lot of months it's also suicide mm-hmm. you know prevention mm-hmm. awareness month mm-hmm. and it's like I feel like this conversation again of self-care and self-improvement like it's it ties back into that because you know if you're not getting your mind right if you're not getting the the help that you need and want then it can lead to some very disastrous outcome. Absolutely. Absolutely. That feeling of hopelessness is real. And if you don't think that it's better to try, you know, to try something new, to work on it, 
sometimes people do say like, I just don't want to do it anymore. Right. And and, and that's just what it is. <laughs> oh, man. So, Joy, tell us a little bit, as I know we have a couple minutes left here, tell us a little bit about your practice. I know we, we've talked about, so by now everybody should know what self-care is, what self-improvement is, why it's important, how it, how it links to mental health. Um, but as a mental health provider yourself, tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about the work that you do, because somebody might be tuning in like, wow, I love the way, you know, her, her perspective on life. Mm-hmm. I love her voice. Like, I would love to, you know. <laughs> Thank you. (laughs) So um, right now I am licensed in New York and in Georgia. Mm -hmm. So I do take clients in those states. Everything is virtual right now. Um, And I work with a lot of women, mostly black women. And it ranges from things of like relationships and not not just intimate partners, like family and friends. a lot of folks have feeling a lot of anxiety. A lot of that has come up from the pandemic. Right. Um, and some of it, not so much. A lot of childhood stuff, trauma, because um, a lot of that, th- that that rolls over into adulthood. Because, again, a lot of us aren't taught as children, like, if these things happen to you, this is how you should address it. And right. if you become 20, 30, 40 years old, you're like, what is going on? <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, a lot of like that unpacking and processing and trying to heal from some things that have happened in 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 past in our past lives, um, work related traumas and and issues. A lot of people, especially with the pandemic, jobs were giving out a lot of this. We're gonna take care, better care of Black people, and we're gonna do this and this. And some folks didn't feel changes, or, or the changes were more negative, wow. and they felt more oppressed at work. So I have a lot of clients who over the last year and a half, two years have quit their jobs and are like trying to figure out what they want to do now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they feel like being in therapy, they were able to like feel validated in their feelings. Like you shouldn't go to work and hate every day that you're there. You shouldn't have to like be reprimanded for asking a question in a meeting because you don't understand. You know, like just kind of like very terrible work environments. Um I mean anything. Therapy can be (laughs) be a space that you're talking about anything literally. I think people think that it's like, oh if I'm not depressed or anxious, I can't go to therapy. Or if I'm not in like a crisis. Right. That's not the case. Sometimes it's like my life is really good. And this might be scary for me because growing up in 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 like chaos right right and you don't know or like i want to date and i don't know how to do that yes girl <laughs> that's why i'm about to go back <laughs> listen that's a whole that's gonna be a whole other show <laughs> dating in crisis <laughs> oh. oh boy in 2022 and beyond yeah so. yeah yeah. I mean, it's it's really just a space where for me, I just want folks to feel like they're seen and they're heard and mm-hmm. they have they can be themselves. Like I hate when people come and they're like, I'm sorry that I have a bonnet on or like that I'm deep conditioning <laughs> my hair. I'm like, the best part of this is I know what you're doing and I'm not we don't have to talk about it. Right. 
<laughs> Although the bonnet has received so much criticism, I know recently, uh, I guess Apple has come out with the one of those memojis, and then so you could have a bonnet as a headpiece. Oh yeah, you know, for your memoji. Um, and apparently that has been, you know, criticized. Oh, and I'm just goodness. like, and it's all because of Monique, you know, because Monique yes. came out here talking about how people should not have bonnets on. Right. And, you know, to an extent, you know, for me personally, you will not catch me out of my house mm-hmm. with a bonnet right, right, in right, public. Right. But in my house, if I want to take a call with a bonnet, I mean, I don't see yeah. why it should be an issue. I'm in my house. Yeah. You're in the house. <laughs> Yeah, with my clients, I'm sorry, I got a bonnet on. I'm like, why are you saying sorry for that? It's because of Monique, Monique and them. My <laughs> girl, if you know, not don't do your health therapy if you don't right. like Wasn't planning on doing it. <laughs> so yeah, it's a space where I just want people to feel like they can be their authentic self, and I'm hoping that everyone's therapy is like that. And I know that it's not all the time. Right, Some people do feel worse, and and. If you've ever, if you're listening to this and you've ever been to therapy and you had a bad experience, maybe that person just wasn't for you. Try other people. It's it's similar to dating and like maybe the first person is not it and you have to move on and find someone new. And it's okay to like be like, this isn't working. I mean, you can have the conversation with the therapist or you can, we prefer not to be ghosted, but it happens. <laughs> <laughs> I like you to be like, I don't think this is working. Okay, cool. Like, there's something we can do if we can't. Okay. But therapists have feelings too, guys. We do. Don't <laughs> we just not show up. <laughs> okay, cool. So where could, you know, where can we find you? Like it was the yeah. website, Instagrams. Yeah. So you could follow me on Instagram. My Insta- my personal Instagram is the joy of social work and joy is with an I. And then it has the, the links and information for my um, practice and, and all that stuff. Okay, cool. But I, you know, I do recognize though, because I've been reprimanded before that there are individuals who do not partake in the social media yes. world. So point. yeah. So the website, please. Okay. <laughs> You know, when you're like, I don't know the website name, but because <laughs> <laughs> we're so used to, I'm like, just go to my Instagram guys. But, I know. You know. Okay. So my, my website is lifeintentionallyps.com. Lifeintentionallyps.com. Okay, cool. All right, cool. Well, Joy, I want to thank you for taking the time for talking to us, really having a conversation about what self-care is, why it's important, Mm self-improvement, in honor of self-care and self-improvement month. (laughs) (laughs) It's a mouthful. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. I was just like, who can I get to talk about these things? I'm like, Joy. (laughs) Joy has such a bubble. Obviously, you guys, she has a bubbly personality. <laughs> you know, she she gets down with the get down. So I think that, you know, I thought this was a really great dynamic for this conversation. Because yes. I think some of us are just lost when it comes to this, these journeys. There's I don't even want to yeah. call them journeys anymore because I feel like we're we overuse that word so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. But some people are, you know, they're pro- like they've been getting their nails done every two weeks, but they still feel anxious. They're like, this is not. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like I'm doing self-care. Right. Because that self-care isn't addressing the, the issue. <laughs> right. Exactly. 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 Right. <laughs> it's deep-rooted, guys. It's deep-rooted. <laughs> but we but it's but it's not impossible. It's not impossible for us to have the lives I think that we want. I think we just have to 
know how to start, where to start, and then do it. Right. And know it's not going to be an overnight process. Yeah. But be patient and give yourself grace. It takes years. It's been years in the making (laughs) for me, and I'm still not there yet. (laughs) Same, 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 same. Oh, man. All right. Well, Joanne, again, thank you so much. And guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of According to RP on WJMS Media, powered by Black Ivy Media. It's your girl, Rita Peer, your host. And as always, I will talk to you guys next week. You were listening to According to RP on WJMS Radio. About time you tuned in. Tune in each and every Sunday. Can't wait to come back. 7 p.m. 